Are you getting ready to move? Do you even know where to start? Moving is a big deal, especially if you're moving across the country. In this episode, we'll talk about what you need to know to make your move a little less painful. Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting. I'm Harlan, and I'm here with Miranda. How are you, Miranda? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm happy because I am not in the process of moving like I was earlier in 2016. I was in the process. I also moved house in 2015. And before that, there were periods of time where I moved many, many times in the span of just a couple of years. Moving is a big, big topic. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I know. According to 538, the statistics site 538, the average person moves 11.4 times during a lifetime. By the age of 30, the average person has moved six times. Oh, yeah, I definitely moved more than that by the time I was 30. (laughs) Oh, yeah, more than six. Yeah, me too. I have moved 12 times in my life. So I'm already, you know, beating the average. Good for me, I guess. Good job. Yeah, winning. And I did, in fact, make two cross-country moves in the space of a year. Mm. That was super great. I moved from Utah to Pennsylvania, and then 11 months later, moved from Pennsylvania to Idaho. So, super great. <laughs> so, And sometimes you move for work, sometimes you move for relationships, sometimes you move for other reasons. There's always something that comes up. And it's something that changes your plan. I mean, we there have been times when people have purchased houses with a 30-year mortgage intending to stay for 30 years, or at least as much as that is possible. And then something comes their way that requires, or at least strongly, strongly suggests that they move somewhere else. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's one of the things is... I mean, when we're kids, I mean, chances are you moved at least once as a kid, uh, even if you just moved across town to a new house. I know. And that's the thing is like I hit my six moves by age 30 like that. That happened by the time I was 12. So and part of that was because my my dad was working on his PhD while I was a kid while I was younger. And so we actually moved around with his PhD stuff. And then we moved across the country when he finally had a job. And then when he switched jobs, we moved again. And so part of that's, you know, what's going on in your life. But when you're an adult, you get to kind of choose your moves to a certain degree. So, you know, how do you know when it's time to move? It's really interesting because you move a lot as as children, but of course you have no responsibility and no no decisions to make when it comes to that. You're basically just going along with your parents, but as adults, this is all up to you. So now you have the responsibility of taking care of the move, which is the, the harder part about moving. And it really is something that you need to put a lot of effort into. But how do you know when it's time to move? We talk about having to move for work as one of the biggest reasons that people move. And I know from my father's experience, he was transferred to a new job. 
uh, or a new role. And so the whole family needed to move. And there was a time where I was working in North New Jersey. I was living in South New Jersey. And for a while, they were saying, you just got to move closer because you're spending all of your time here because it was like an 80 hour a week job. And it was just too much to commute. And it made sense for me to eventually move up there. But moving for work is a big risk because you're putting a lot of faith in, you know, this whole process of moving everything. The idea that your job is going to remain there. With me, I moved up to North Jersey for that job. And three months later, I was looking for a new job in North New Jersey because that's where I moved my life to. So it really upended everything in my life. But a lot of the time, we feel that we don't have much of a choice. And if we want to keep our job, we have to move when we're transferred. Or if we want to find a good job, then we have to move somewhere where the good jobs are. You know, it all depends on the situation and how you are in your career. But maybe you don't have to move for work. One of the things, too, that people are like, oh, I want to move to this bigger city or I want to move to this other place because I'll have a higher salary. And I actually had a friend who did that. They moved from Utah to California because they're like, oh, well, I'll get paid more in California. And it's true. They did get paid more in California. They made about $25,000 a year more in California. But guess how much more it costs to live in California than mm-hmm. it does to live in Utah? More, <laughs> more than, than twenty, <laughs> More than that. So they were actually in a worse position. So even though they were making more money, they were in a worse position. And within a couple of years of struggling and trying to figure it out, they eventually moved back out of California. So that's something to think about, too. You know, part of the reason I made my move from Pennsylvania to Idaho, even though I could have afforded to stay in Pennsylvania, part of the reason I made this move was because it was so much, it costs so much less to live here. And also because I have the support system of my family around me. So there's a there's a lot of things that go into, you know, why you move and when is it time to move. Yeah, another thing that I hear often is people want to move because they want a new start somewhere else. Things aren't going well for them. Maybe they can't find a job and or maybe they're having personal issues. Uh, maybe there's something else going on. They need to feel that they have to get away from their town or whatever the issue is. They figure, well... If I just move somewhere else and start from the beginning, everything's going to work well. And, you know, when I've seen this happen, it seems like whatever problems you have where you are now, those problems follow you to wherever you are. You can never really escape yourself if that is the issue. Moving won't solve that problem. But it is a big reason that people do move. And if you're moving to somewhere where you have a bigger support system or you have more family or more friends, then a lot of the times this will work out. But if you're just moving off somewhere because you just need to get away and you don't have that support system in the new location, you're going to find it's just as difficult or even more so to deal with everything that goes involved, that is involved with moving and to put yourself in a new situation. That's just asking for trouble. Yeah, that's a really good point. And like the getting a new star thing is nice, but you need to have the resources. One of the things that a lot of people don't realize, because one of the things people say, oh, well, you can't find a job here. Oh, well, you're having problems here. Well, just move. You hear that a lot. Oh, just go Mm -hmm. somewhere else. Moving in a lot of ways is a luxury. 
mm, because yeah. it's so expensive and it's so time consuming. It takes time out of what you're doing. It takes energy. And then it can be very expensive. Even if you do it yourself, it can be very expensive. Just picking up and moving in a lot of ways is a luxury and not something that anybody can just do. Yeah. Historically, we are a society that doesn't move much, but also does migrate. Big migration events or immigration events, and then getting settled and then not moving for a while. That seems to be the way that you know communities are built and we over the long term, but people are more mobile now. And as a culture, we do have more resources than we've ever had in the past. So we are more mobile and we are able to make these decisions to move across country. And it isn't as much an effort as it might have been several generations ago. I mean, that's that would be a, you know, a year long endeavor to move across country. But now, of course, we can do it in the process of one or two weeks. Right. Yeah. And I think some of the other reasons, you know, we talk about getting a new start, finding a new job. But what about moving to downsize or you know, adjust your lifestyle, perhaps. Maybe you're not moving across town. Maybe you're moving just into a smaller place. Yeah, absolutely. Downsizing is a good reason to move, but you have to take everything into account. Uh, You know, what is it going to involve to make that change? It's a certainly a valid and frequent reason that people move from one house to another or from a house to an apartment or from one apartment to another. There are, you know, a variety of combinations here, but downsizing can help you improve your financial situation once you get through the moving part of it. Yeah. And so I think it's important to stop and think about, you know, why are you moving? What do you hope to accomplish with that move? Because understanding the reasoning behind this and realistically how this is going to impact your life is very important. Yeah, absolutely. So how... How do you actually do the moving part of this? You know, now that we've decided that we're going to move, what are some of the things that you need to think about and plan to make the move effective? Because there's a lot that goes into this. Yeah, because you're going to have to pack up everything and figure out how you're going to get it to where you're going. And the times that I've moved across town, it's actually been fairly easy to kind of do a do-it-yourself kind of a thing. You know, my parents come down with the 15-passenger van. They take out all the seats, so there's lots of room back there. You know, maybe we rent a small little truck, you know, from U-Haul or whatever to reduce the amount of loads. But if you're just moving across town, a lot of the time you just load up the stuff. You might have some of the smaller things in boxes, and you just move it across town, and then you unpack it. And that's how I've done a couple of crosstown moves. That's mm-hmm. and and you might even have, depending on you know your rental agreements or your housing agreements, like when you're buying a house, you might have some time to move. When we moved from a rental into the house that we bought, we actually arranged it so the closing on the house that we bought took place about a week before we had to vacate the premises for our rental. And so we could move things over a little bit slower. And so it, it kind of made things a little bit easier. But during a cross-country move, it's completely different because you got to get everything loaded up, you got to get it all moved out, and then you got to get it all unloaded. Yeah, it's funny. For me, the difference isn't cross-country versus cross-town. But the earlier moves that I did when I was first living on my own, at that age, perhaps, or that stage in my life, it was accepted to rely on friends and family to help out. And you can, you know, rent a truck and then make a day out of it, offer pizza to your friends so that they'll come and help or whatever it takes 
to get things done DIY, do it yourself, pack up your house yourself. But as time progressed, you you find that your friends have other priorities and they're not always going to be around to help you move for free. So add into this equation the idea that you've also been accumulating more things over the years. Take advantage of the friends that you have available while you can, because eventually when you move, you'll probably have no choice but to hire professionals to help. They will do it better than your friends, first of all. And second of all, your friends aren't really going to be all that interested in helping you out once they have their own families to deal with and their own major responsibilities. It just isn't really a cool thing to do to rely on your friends to move once you've gotten further into adulthood. It's still okay as you're young and perhaps in your first couple of years after college, but after a while, everybody gets involved in their own lives and they don't want to be helping people out for a slice of pizza or whatever it happens to be. And and really, you shouldn't be asking that of your friends after a certain age either. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the great things is if you have the resources for it, a full service move is super great. Uh, when we moved out to Pennsylvania, my then husband's job was paying for most of the move. So somebody else loaded the truck and drove it and then unloaded it and carried everything up the three flights of stairs to the apartment. And it was super great. It was a huge upgrade because up until that time, we had mostly done things do it yourself. And so having that full service was amazing but it's a lot more expensive. If you look at it, it's probably twice as much or even more, but it's about twice as much to have a full service mover take care of things than it is for you to do it yourself. Yeah, and a lot of the time, the boxing up is something that you can do yourself or doesn't require as much effort. And my most recent move, I moved from one unit in an apartment building to a unit on the opposite side of the same apartment building, down two flights of stairs, and then up two flights of stairs again, even though my unit number was just one number off. So you think I was moving next door, but really it was down two flights and then back up two flights. Well, I needed movers to do this, so I couldn't just do everything on my own. It would take weeks to box up everything that I had. And so I did do the boxing, and I hired professional movers just to move everything down two flights and then back up two flights, and it was still pretty expensive. This is an expensive endeavor. And if you can get your job to pay for it, that's wonderful. But a lot of the time, depending on why you're moving and depending on the company, uh, whether you have a job or not, you will have to accept the fact that this is going to be an expensive proposition. Yeah. And one of the things that you can do is, it's one of the things that we did starting from our very first move when I was newly wed, our very first move across the country, which was from Cedar City, Utah to Syracuse, New York was we hired, it was called UPAC, ABF UPAC. And it was before pods and all that kind of stuff. They were kind of one of the first players in the game. But basically, because before that, it was either you hire the full service movers or you do it yourself and drive yourself across the country. And we weren't comfortable driving like a U-Haul across the country. We didn't want to figure out where to park it because that's, that's inconvenient as well, right? If you get like a Penske rental or U-Haul rental or whatever, or budget rental or whatever it is you're renting and you drive it across, if you have like a 15 or 20 foot truck that you're trying to drive across the country, you got to find places to park. If you're going over mountains, 
if it you know it's really inconvenient if you're driving through cities it's hard to maneuver that thing on your own if you're not used to driving something like that so we did we hired this company to do it and basically you pack it all up yourself and you put it in the trailer and they mark up you know how much space you're taking up in the trailer and that's what you pay for and then they drive it across the country for you and then deliver it for you and then you unload it and that's sort of how we did most of our moves other than that full service move. And then my last move from Pennsylvania to Idaho, I used the U-Pack again, but I didn't want to pack it up. <laughs> and by this time, these these hybrid move methods were getting more popular. And so I paid for the U-Pack separate, but then I paid a different company who specializes in this stuff to come and move all my stuff downstairs and pack it into the U-Haul, into the U-Pack for me. So they did that for me and they packed it in for me and they, you know, were professional packers. And so they understood how to make the most use of the space and they just loaded it up for me. And then when I got here, I hired other people to unload it for me. (laughs) And it was great. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was kind of a good way to do it. It cost more than just doing it myself, but it also cost less than a a true full service move. So it was kind of this in-between way of doing things. So when we do look either towards the hybrid method or more importantly, full service movers, there are a lot of companies out there and a lot of people who are ready to do this, whether it's random people on Craigslist or whether it's companies that have been around and they're huge, you know, they they operate trucking operations nationwide. How do you find the right company that you trust is going to move your stuff without losing any of it or damaging any of it, because that is what everybody's concerned with. Yeah. So personal recommendations are a big deal. So find out if somebody has a personal recommendation. Uh, But the other thing is, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that we noticed as we were getting some stuff, we got a lot of offers that seemed really good. Like, oh, well, you know, tell us how many rooms you have or how much stuff you have, and we'll give you a quote. And it seemed really low, right? And then when they come out and they load it up, then all of a sudden it's much higher because you estimated it wrong. So find out if the company is somebody, because when we worked with the full service movers that were paid for by the job, that company sent somebody to the house to look at the rooms and take measurements and see our stuff and see what we had. And they didn't make the quote. And then the quote was guaranteed. You know, mm-hmm. you won't pay more than X. But it was based on their going around and looking at everything and taking measurements and doing a walkthrough. So watch out for any company that gives you a quote without sending somebody else to do a walkthrough. Yeah, the rule of thumb is that your actual cost is going to be higher than whatever it is that they quote you, especially if you get an online quote. And I just want to stress the importance of personal recommendations. I think it's important to find someone who's who's kind of in the business. If you know someone who's a real estate agent and they have movers that they know that their clients have worked with and have been successful with, then that type of recommendation is like gold. I mean, of course, you still have to hold them accountable and watch what they do and make sure that what they're quoting makes sense. But at least you know that there have been people you trust who have had good experiences with any particular movers. And when I was searching for my move uh, a couple of years ago from New Jersey to Pennsylvania, I did have a, a real estate agent that I trusted and who I knew would give a good recommendation. And I started off doing the research on my own. I was 
obviously not satisfied with the kind of results I was getting. I didn't like the people I was talking to. And then I got recommendations and I felt a lot more comfortable dealing with those people who have had the experience of working with people who, if my my friend, this real estate agent, were to give me a recommendation and it didn't work out, their reputation is on the line too. So you know that these types of recommendations from professional people in the business are going to be good. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a really good point is to make sure that you're paying attention to who is uh, doing this. And, and then, you know, sometimes your friends and family, like I, I cringe a little bit when somebody's like, oh, I know a guy who will do it for cheap. And I'm like, that's yeah, that's, that's not the kind I'm of like, recommendation. No, I'm like, good. I'm like, that's like one step up from Craigslist, people. That's that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> it's not to say that you can't succeed finding movers on Craigslist. I did do that once, um, or at least I got some ideas from Craigslist. Craigslist, and then I did some further research. You know, there's there there are these you know smaller companies that do offer these services, and then there are these companies that are affiliated with huge nationally known companies, moving companies, and there's no reason that you can't do well with you know the uh, the the like they have this in New Jersey and they probably have it in other places, but you know the like the college student movers where their brand idea is that you know these are college students who are home for the summer, they need work and you know, they're going to they're gonna move for you. That's more of a branding and image thing than it is anything else. But there's no reason that you can't succeed with a company like that as well as you could succeed with a, with a company that's affiliated with, uh, you know, like um, American Movers or United or, or anything like that with these big companies. So one way to keep costs down is to be very careful about what you take. Because most of these moving companies, most of these, whether you're like if even if you do it by yourself, right? You have to decide the the size of truck you're going to use, and the bigger the truck you get to drive, the more it costs. And if you're using like a pods or a U-pack, the more space you take up, the more it's going to cost. And if you're using a full service mover, the more you have, the more it costs. So one way to keep the costs down when you're moving is to get rid of stuff. So like, do you really have to take everything? Eh, I don't know that you do. Every move is an opportunity to really look through what you own because you have to, unless you have full service who's going to box everything up for you, everything is going to pass through your hands. You'll have a chance to evaluate whether you really need clothing that you haven't worn in three years or old gaming consoles that have no purpose in your life anymore. There are so many things that you can go through, old electronics furniture that doesn't work for you anymore. Moving is a chance to refresh everything that you have. I mean, you know, you don't want to get rid of everything and then just have to buy everything anew when you arrive at your new place, but you do have this opportunity to go through and eliminate stuff that you don't need anymore. For me, that involved many trips to Goodwill or other ways uh, to the library. I got rid of a lot of books and just donated them to the library. They were happy to receive most of them. And aside from that, there's also selling. You can uh, spend some time if you have the time uh, and you know in advance. You can go on eBay and perhaps even make some money that's going to help you pay for the move. But either way, getting rid of stuff is going to be crucial to keeping costs down during your move. 
Yeah, I got rid of seventy about 75% of our stuff when we moved from Utah to Pennsylvania. And it was very refreshing, honestly, because I didn't realize how much stuff that we had that we were just moving around with us that we never used. For the most part, we didn't have to replace a lot of the things that we got rid of because there was just stuff we didn't really need. And I left a lot behind when I moved from Pennsylvania to Idaho because I divided up the stuff with my ex and found when I got here, there were a few things that I needed to buy when I got here. Since I left the couch and the love seat with my ex, I needed to buy some stuff for the front room. But there were some things I needed to buy, but I could go about it a little more scientifically and be very intentional about what I bought. And I didn't buy just stuff to buy stuff. I was very intentional about it. But like you, I like to donate. And one of the great things about donating your goods is that if you donate them to the right organizations, it's a tax deduction. You can't deduct what you paid for the item, but you can deduct the current market value of the item. To me, that's easier than trying to sell it and go through the process of selling. We did sell some things like we had a really nice 55 gallon fish tank. And so we sold that and like we had a piano. So we sold the, that we couldn't take across the country with us. So we sold the piano. So there are some things that like these big ticket type items that people are going to want. It makes sense that like to sell those things, but little things like trying to sell books or clothes or like kitchen items. To me, that is more trouble than it's worth. Just donate it and take the tax deduction. Right. And even if the tax deduction doesn't help you all that much, donating is still a great way to go because someone else is going to find the items and it's going to be much more useful to somebody else than it is to you. So that's always a good idea, regardless of the tax donation. Exactly. And also, it is possible that if you're moving across country or you're moving to downsize, maybe there are things that you can't get rid of, but you don't have space for in the new place. So when you're considering moving, you have to take that into account because maybe you're going to need a storage space or some place where you can store these items. And I know friends who've made this move before, for whatever reason, there are a lot of things that they can't get rid of. So they have to rent a storage facility in addition to paying for their new house or their new apartment, whatever it is. Basically, they have this added expense. And of course, because they're downsizing, the cost of the storage plus the cost of their new housing is going to still be less than the cost of their old housing. Keep that in mind. Perhaps you have enough stuff that you can't get rid of for one reason or another, and you need extra storage space. And that's an added expense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense is is to look at, you know, where do we need to go? What do we need to do? And another thing to think about is the extra space that you pay for in the moving truck. So there's some stuff like if it's like big, bulky, like cheap furniture, right? Like, <laughs> like we had a we had this this kind of changing table thing from when my son was younger, and we were debating, oh, should we put it in? Should we take it out? I mean, it was really poorly made. It wasn't very well made, and so what ended up happening is we ended up saying, oh, well, let's keep it because you know we still need it for this for our son, and so it ended up taking up just enough space in the truck that you know it did cost a little bit more to bring it but then it was so poorly made that by the time it made it across the country it was broken into little pieces and so there are some things that you're just like okay this is not worth taking up the space there are some things that you're like I can replace this with a an equally cheap and horrible <laughs> item for the same amount of money I'm going to have to pay to move it so think about that too 
when you mentioned broken items, that, that brought up something that's really important is insurance. Now, a lot of moving companies will want you to buy their insurance. In fact, they require some type of insurance because they don't want to be held liable in case something breaks along the way, even though it is within their possession at the time and they should be responsible. So the question will always come to whether you buy the company's insurance or not. Before you do anything, check with your homeowner's or renter's policy, because a lot of the time there is coverage in there for items damaged during moving. You just have to look at the details and call your representative or your agent if you're not sure exactly what's covered. But always check your homeowner's or your rental policy first so you know exactly what's covered before you go ahead and buy any insurance from the moving company. Uh, that's, that's really important to remember because it will come up and they will require, uh, a lot of the times they will require you to show that you have some type of insurance so the company is okay with moving. Now, some will offer basic insurance as part of the deal and then will ask you to pay for additional insurance. You have to look at what's covered already and then see what is reasonable for you to pay for. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what can you do now, now that you've decided you're going to move, you're getting ready to do it, and what can you do now to get ready for your move? You should have an inventory of everything in your house. This is difficult to maintain over the years because you'll you'll always buy something new and then you'll forget to write it down. But this is good for insurance purposes and it's good for moving. You want to know exactly what you have so that when you do move, you know that everything has arrived. So create that inventory if you don't have it yet or update it if you already have one, but make sure everything you own of substance that isn't something that you would normally throw away after using, make sure that everything you own is identified and categorized and you can go by room. You want to do that because you want to know what you have. And while you're at it, you can see what you need to get rid of. The next thing you could do is you might be surprised at how many boxes you need. So start out by asking, hmm. ask your network for boxes, ask your family, ask your friends, ask your coworkers, hey, do you guys have boxes? I'm getting ready to move. Put it on Facebook. You might be surprised at who has, I've got boxes sitting up in my garage waiting for my next move. But you might be surprised who has boxes and willing to share. And then also many stores will give you boxes if you ask. Yeah, yeah. Go to the grocery store because they get boxes every day and usually they recycle them or throw them out or just give them away. And there's no reason that you can't be one of the people they give them away to because they have so many boxes and they have nothing else to do with them. And I know that after I moved, I gave my boxes away to friends who were moving. I try to do that whenever I can. And, you know, ask your network, ask the stores, Go around to businesses, see what you can find, uh, because boxes, if you buy them from the moving company, they tend to be more expensive than buying them anywhere else. Even those who are coming, even those full service movers who are coming to pack up your own stuff, they will try to sell you boxes. But if you have boxes ahead of time, especially ones you got for free, you will save so much money on the move. 
Yes. And then finally, do some research, do some looking online and look at your options. One of the things you want to do while you're looking at your options is uh, AAA has a great calculator that can help you get an approximate cost for gas and how much gas is going to cost you. Because in some cases, if you're doing it yourself, you forget to add in the, the cost of gas as you're doing this research. So you're like, oh, hey, it costs all so much less for me to like rent a truck and drive it. But then you haven't figured in the gas cost. And we're talking about vehicles that get five to six miles per gallon. So if you're yeah. going on, so and we, we crunched the numbers on one of our cross country moves and found that it cost the same amount of money to do the U-Pack as it did for us to drive the U-Haul. And, it, and, and that's going to depend on gas prices and where you're moving and how far you're moving and all of that stuff. But just because of the cost of the gas price for driving a truck, it, it was killer, absolutely killer. So do some research now and crunch some numbers to try and decide which mode of moving you're going to use. Yeah, and there are there's a wide variety of vehicles that are going to be available to help. Newer vehicles, if you can find a newer vehicle, a newer diesel truck is going to be a lot more fuel efficient than some of the older trucks and some of the inventory that's held by these moving companies. So really do your research there. You could save a lot of money by going as fuel efficient as possible. So we do have a listener question. It says, how do I organize all my stuff so nothing gets lost when I move? Ooh, well, something always gets lost, but you can really try to minimize this as much as possible. The inventory that we talked about is going to help. Take a look at the inventory. Box everything by room. So every box can be labeled with a room. Put numbers on the box. Write down on your inventory what box numbers things are in, you know, you don't have to write down every fork in every box that has every fork. Just put all your forks into one box and all your silverware. So then you know that all your silverware is in box five. Kitchen number five, for example. All of my moves have been done by room and then with a number on the box. So I know right away... If I'm supposed to have five boxes for the bedroom, if I have one, two, three, and five, I know that there's one missing. That that makes everything so much easier to organize, and then you always know at a glance whether you have everything or not. Yeah, that's pretty much the way I've always done mine as well. Uh, I find that it works very well to do that. And not only not only when you're loading up, but also when you're unloading so that instead of just piling everything in the front room, and it just becoming this unmanageable mess in the front room, you can take those boxes where they belong, right in your new place. So if it says bedroom, take it back to the bedroom and put it in the bedroom, you know, and I even kind of break it down even farther if I've got, you know, like we've got the room downstairs, you know, the room, you know, well, I, and I haven't tried that inventory thing where you match up like all of the, you know, it's all just like kitchen, <laughs> just this kitchen on the box. But I like this idea of the inventory where you're like, you know, the silverware is a kitchen box one and, and like labeling that. So uh, next time I move, I'm, I'm going to definitely implement that. Yeah, I mean, you could you could go further. I mean, you can put barcodes or QR codes on your boxes and scan them in, check them in, check them out and do everything that 
you know, like a business would do in terms of moving their own stuff from place to place or shipping things. You can go as far as you want, especially if it's a complicated move. Uh, If you're going from place to place at a long distance or if you have a lot of items, you want to keep things as organized as possible. And there are apps that you can get for your phone that scan in QR codes and check things in and check things out. Use whatever materials are available to you just to make sure that you're checking off what you have and what you expect to receive at the other end. Yep, that's a great plan. Uh, And I think on that note, I think it's time to say goodbye. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today at Adulting. You can visit our website at adulting.tv and subscribe at adulting.tv slash iTunes. And visit us on Facebook. We have an active community there. You can share your tips on moving or any other ideas that you have. You can ask us questions. You can also ask us questions at our website, adulting.tv slash ask. We've got videos. We've got the audio podcast, which you're listening to and tons of articles about everything you can imagine you'll need as an adult from financial to living to relationships. This is going to be a useful resource for you for whatever you're doing in your adult life. So join us again soon for the next episode of Adulting. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv. Adulting.